Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, Pastor Sean Found asked us a very serious question. He said, are you ready that what might come through the door in 2024? A nice poetic statement, but it's pretty true. The world's calendar is designed to measure the days, the weeks, the months, year by year. But the church's calendar has a different way of looking at things. We live in the seasons of the church year. Our calendar records God's eternal events that take place within human history in those seasons. Our new year began on December 3rd, 2023 with the season of Advent. And then we spent 12 days in the season of the incarnation, which is called Christmas. Pastor Found also said sometimes things go badly for us in the year and we have to ask ourselves, can it get any worse? And we know that for the Jones and the Adam Allen's family, this liturgical year has already been worse. We might be in the same boat this year, who knows? We all pray with Pastor Found as he prayed, Lord, keep me thankful and grateful if things turn bad in the coming year. Today is the first week of the season of Epiphany. And in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son as word, as truth, and a revelation of the Father in the fullness of the Spirit. Today's epiphany is about the baptism of Jesus Christ. John, the forerunner, is baptizing in the Jordan River. People are coming to him repenting of their sins, their rebellion, and their apostasy from the faith. John is calling these people to turn from trusting their Jewish heritage for salvation and prepare for the messianic kingdom to come. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's good fire and brimstone preaching right there. That's probably why they call him the Baptist. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. John was using prophetic telescoping, blending the first coming and the second coming of Jesus in those advents. Israel's anticipation is running high for what is coming for them in that coming year. They were expecting the Messiah to come in fiery judgment upon the Roman oppressors. And instead, God in flesh arrives in humility as the spotless Lamb of God. Our Isaiah reading says, Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, 
A smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlines shall wait for his law. His law, of course, is the law of love and he will demonstrate it by submitting to baptism. Jesus, the Son of God, is also the Son of Man, and Jesus, as the last Adam, will succeed where the first Adam failed miserably. He's the seed of Abraham to bless all the nations. He's greater than Melchizedek, the great priest and king of Jerusalem, the city of peace. He's greater than Moses, the great mediator. He's greater than Elijah, the great prophet. He's greater than David, the great king. Jesus, the son, is the embodiment of Israel. And like Israel, he is on an exodus. And like Israel, he had to travel down into Egypt and back again to begin his ministry. St. Matthew tells us, When Joseph arose, he took the young child with his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet Hosea, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Jesus, as Israel in the wilderness, will succeed where Israel failed miserably. Jesus will face the temptation of the devil head on and will succeed where we all fail miserably. God's son, the priest, the mediator, the prophet, the king, now stands in the Jordan River with John as a passive recipient. Baptize me, John. John is shocked. You're the Messiah. You're the sinless lamb of God. You haven't gone astray. You don't need repentance and baptism. Bring on the fire and the judgment. I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. And then Jesus says something very interesting. He says, allow it at this time now, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Strange. Now is the time for, uh, not the time for unquenchable fire and judgment upon the earth, John. It's time for me to demonstrate how heaven will be opened and bring salvation to all humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. John the prophet, the forerunner, the baptizer, is helping to fulfill all of God's righteousness by baptizing Jesus. What is God's righteousness in this context? It is all the saving deeds that Jesus performs on behalf of his people. And the first public act of that righteousness is baptism. <coughs> Baptism shows how God will save us from our sins. 
Jesus stands in solidarity with all sinners, receiving from John what us sinners will receive. And he will be the anointed sin bearer for us all. But first, Jesus must continue his exodus through those waters into the wilderness to be tempted. Forty days and nights. One day for every year that Israel was wandering around in the wilderness being tempted and failing miserably. He will endure the temptation without the heavenly manna to eat, without the living water from that rock in the desert. He's on his way in his exodus to the cursed tree, the Roman cross in Jerusalem. And when his exodus is finished, that cursed cross will become the tree of life, bearing the fruit of eternal life. That's what Moses and Elijah were spoke to him about on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses, standing representing the law, and Elijah, standing in the place of the prophets, testified to the importance of the Son as word in flesh appearing. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. And then a voice came out of that glorious cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And the law and the prophets disappeared. On the cross, all of your sins will be placed on the sacrificial lamb, and Jesus will become our scapegoat, carrying all our sins as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. The cross is where the first phase of divine justice and fiery judgment will be poured out. Jesus will endure another baptism under the fiery wrath of the Father in your place as your substitute. Jesus said, I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it was already kindled, but I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. After the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, he becomes the only way to the Father. He's the son of humanity, the door, the narrow way, the only truth and life. And Jesus' baptism opens heaven and brings the power of that new creation sacrament to each individual soul by grace through God's gift of faith. And instead of the fiery judgment of the Father, you have received the purifying fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, baptism is the only place where fire and water mix in this miraculous act of God's righteousness. Isn't that great? God breaks all the rules. But behold, that's not the end of the story for Matthew. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and come upon him. This is the sevenfold Spirit of God prophesied in Isaiah. 
And Jesus used that text in that synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus brings in the eternal year of jubilee, releasing all creation from the curse. Happy New Year, people of God. This Trinitarian baptismal revelation foreshadows our Trinitarian baptism. Like the original creation, Jesus, the Word, the Light, our high priest and mediator stands in the water as the spirit broods to bring new creation life to a fallen world. The heavens open to reveal the presence and holiness of God. The heavens open never to be closed again. God has come among us to save us. St. Paul says in Colossians, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through your baptism, you are engrafted into that holy temple as part of Christ's glorified body, the church. As St. Paul teaches in Romans, you were baptized into Christ's death and burial. Your old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin so we can walk in newness of life. Can you just let that truth sink in to your heart, mind, and soul, people of God? You are sainted and seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus through your baptism. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. This amazing gospel. And now by Jesus the Word and the Holy Spirit, all baptismal waters are used by the church in union with the Holy Trinity. Baptismal waters are consecrated, sacramentalized as a means of rebirth into God's kingdom. Behold, that's not the end of the story for Matthew. And behold, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, the Son of Man, is declared the beloved Son of the Father, the Anointed One, Christ the Lord. Isaiah, Isaiah said, Behold my servant in whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon this is the beloved son promised to Eve to crush the serpent's head. This is the beloved son promised to the nations as the seed of Abraham for you. 
This is the beloved son promised as a sacrifice in place of Isaac for you. This is the beloved son promised to sit on David's throne forever for you. This is the beloved son promised to marry through her virgin womb for you. This is the beloved son confirmed by the father on the Mount of Transfiguration for you. This baptismal event begins a new covenantal relationship, a new creation and communion with a Trinitarian God. He stands in those waters as obedient new Israel to free us from the law and reach out to all peoples. This beloved son has reopened paradise by his obedience and his perfect flesh as a sacrifice for all of our sins. Your baptism was no ordinary ritual. It wasn't just a symbolic religious act. It was a major, gracious, spiritual, life-changing recreation act of our almighty creator, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we enter the holy presence of God by the flesh of Christ. We are born again by the Spirit and washed with the waters of the new Eve Mother Church. If Jesus didn't stand in those waters for you, fulfilling righteousness, you wouldn't be able to stand before God's holy presence today. Hebrews 10 declares, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The father was well pleased to bruise his only begotten son. He was well pleased to crush him under the weight of your sin. He was well pleased to allow him to be crucified on that cursed cross. He was well pleased to raise him from the dead to glorify our humanity. He was well pleased to seat him at the place of majesty and authority. And because the Father is well pleased with the beloved Son, he is well pleased to give you his kingdom. He has entrusted you with the gospel of his Son. And he allows us to spread the message of Christ's baptism, death, resurrection, and ascension for the salvation of the world. He grants us the grace and the privilege to bring many children into his house through these recreation waters, the womb of Christ's bride, the church. And he will be well pleased on that day to say to you, well done good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>